Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar James. Hello, all. Today, we'll be discussing the sermon from Maundy Thursday. So, how are you doing today? I'm a little tired. (laughs) Now, uh, why would you be tired? (laughs) uh, It's Friday. It's Good Friday. So, uh, we've been uh, going since yesterday morning. So, uh, but uh, it's been good so far. So, yeah. And I was just saying how strange it is to be talking about Maundy Thursday sermon when we just had the Good Friday noon service. <laughs> I know, yeah. So it's, it's different. Yeah, it is a little strange. So, But I'm excited to talk about the sermon. I really enjoyed it and thought you did a great job. But first off, before we get into what your sermon said, what is the text that you preached on? The, the primary text was uh, Luke 22, 7. So we get this text where Jesus is instituting the Lord's Supper, and it's a really beautiful text. Here he has his disciples together, and he tells them that this is the bread, is, or this bread is his body, and this, is, this wine is his blood. And probably the most beautiful part about this entire text is he goes, and these are for you? These are for you. Yeah, the focus on on God's good gifts to his people. And you did start preaching on another text as well, which gets into, I believe, the central teaching of your sermon, indifference, right? So tell us about the other text. Yeah, so when I started to uh, think about this sermon, what jumped out at me was the indifference of the disciples, and then I was immediately uh, thinking about different uh, texts in the Bible where where we see this kind of indifference, and I think that uh, these two texts play well together. So the second text would be um, the parable of the great uh, banquet that Luke talks about in um, chapter 14. Um, now this takes place uh, in a section of Luke's gospel where we don't have a lot of time markers, so we're not exactly sure when and where Jesus tells this parable. Um, but I like this parable because it's really, um, it's really good at, uh, uh, you know, Talking about how people are indifferent to um, to God, and um, because in some of the other parables, like for example the parable of the vineyard, you know you have um, the people in that text they're they're hostile to God, but in this text they're just indifferent. They don't really care what's going on, and so I thought that played well into the into the text that uh, we were preaching today, um, where the disciples, you know, after he gives them this great gift, you know, his body and his blood. And then they go and they argue about who's the greatest in the kingdom, where they're going to sleep that night. And it just kind of shows you how even those who are so close to God, so close to Jesus, still kind of behave in an indifferent way. Yeah, that's interesting. And with the parable of the men who turned down the invitations to the feast had odd excuses, not the best ones. Um, and then you said, this is not that different from us as well. Yeah, that's true, you know, because we, um, you know, I, I, and I use myself as example, so I kind of worked backwards in the sermon there, you know, I, I, I started with myself and then kind of alluded to others, you know, because I think many of my experiences are very similar to what other people have, you know, there are times when you get up on Sunday morning and you're going, man, I really just want to sleep in today, and so, you know, sometimes you do, you know, there's other times when you, you put other priorities uh, before receiving God's gifts, you know, and you know, you can just go back to church the next time. But of course, then when we're at church, you know, how often are we truly engaged, especially when we have other things going on in our lives? That's what I was going to say was you are preaching to people who are in church who, I mean, this is Monday, Thursday as well. So probably a lot of people faithfully go, but you go beyond that. That's not just attending, but are you actually engaged in the service? 
Yeah, and then and then the, yeah, exactly. And the clergy aren't any any different, right? And so you know, so that's when I was you know went to to myself. You know, I'm up there actually delivering the Lord's Supper. And sometimes I'm just not really focused on what I'm doing, even when it's my turn to receive it, because you're just kind of moving through that. And I thought that, uh, you know, Monday Thursday was a good time to just try to reestablish that focus, kind of, you know, what is this all about? God is giving these good and gracious gifts to us, you know, and so we should focus on that. So so I kind of, that's where I was trying to uh, take the sermon. And was that a challenge when you were trying to think about yourself and your own indifference during the service, like how to include that in the sermon that you're preaching? Yeah, a little bit. I, I, it wasn't a challenge to think about it. <laughs> sure. I'm well aware of uh, of my own sins. Yeah, I just I wasn't sure how that would come off. So when I went through it, I I, I just kind of felt that some of those uh, things were very common to other people, and um, and so I, they would be able to relate to them. Sure. And sometimes people can think someone who works in the church, or even though you're not you're not called yet, but you're still, you know, full time here that, oh, they, they just must a hundred percent. They're never indifferent, right? They're not guilty of breaking the third commandment, but saying, no, we're all guilty of this, this indifference. How did you intend to benefit your hearers and their faith or life? Well, you know, I, the, the goal here in the sermon was to really just get them to focus on the gifts that God has given to them. Right. Um, and I think, like you said, the problem is, is that we, God gives them so graciously to us over and over and over again, they sometimes tend to get lost in the background, part of the clutter of our lives. We just make them part of one, you know, they're just one thing that we can do amongst the many other things that we can do, you know, so we can spend our weekend going to church or we can spend our weekend doing something else, you know, and so God's gifts just become part of the things that we do, and they're not really set apart. The sermon really was trying to focus on, you know, God's gifts, His graciousness towards us. I would hope that the hearers would reestablish that focus and see the importance of these gifts, because in the end, the only thing that's going to be left is God and His grace. Something that I liked that you said was you focus on the disciples' indifference, um, how it shines through after Jesus institutes the supper, but then He still goes to the cross. The next day, yeah, and and so I, I just really liked that connection that you you had there. Yeah, and I think that's the 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 pretty amazing part about our God. You know, he he knows all this in advance. I mean, he knows that Vicar Burke is going to be up there being indifferent, uh, you know, doling out the 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 Lord's Supper. Yet he still does it. He still is there, present for us every time we do this, and and he is just that gracious. He lets sinners handle his body. He knows that we're going to make mistakes sometimes, even when we spill it. Yeah, we're going to spill it. Or we're going <laughs> to drop a, a a wafer on the floor. You know, he he knows we're going to do these things. Yet he's still that gracious that he brings this. Uh, uh, this forgiveness to us through his body and blood anyway, even though he knows all these in advance. You also mentioned just us being freed from this sinful life too, right? We're not in bondage to this indifference anymore. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits that uh, that the Lord's Supper brings to us is this uh, assurance of salvation, right? God knows that we need this. We need this assurance of salvation of our life. We need God, uh, Christ's strength and this comfort. And so he willingly just comes to us, you know, in the Lord's Supper, in his word and his sacraments, and he gives these things to us. Tell me something about the text that did not make it into the sermon. 
wow, I, I don't, uh, there's not really a whole that much that didn't make it into the sermon because much of the text was about the Lord's Supper. I think the biggest piece may have been um, the connection to the Passover previously. So you have this first initial part of the text where Jesus is making the preparations and sending his uh, disciples off to find the house. I think that's probably the only real piece that didn't make it into the, the sermon. Last thing I wanted to talk about was the connection with the, the small catechism. So where do we find this, this teaching of your sermon in the catechism? In the questions section at the very end of the of the catechism, he, he has prepared these questions for people that um, are being uh, are going forth to take the sacrament. In fact, and this is what it says. This is the, the, the subheading for it. It says, prepared by Dr. Martin Luther for those who intend to go to the sacrament. So he intends this as a um, self-examination process for people who are going to the Lord's Supper. And I think this is really helpful because it does these questions help you focus on why it is you're going there and what it is you're going there to receive. Probably the most helpful question is uh, number nine, or the one that brings this largely into focus. And and Luther says this, he says, uh, What has Christ done for you that you trust in him? And his answer to the question is, He died for me and shed his blood for me on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And so Luther really brings out that for me part of of the uh, Lord's Supper. It is for you that he does this, and we talk about it every time we get together. Uh, We do this in remembrance of him so that you can understand that the for you of forgiveness is there. It is for you. And, uh, you know, it just, a, just a shameless plug for CPH, but um, um, they have a really good um, resource, too, out there. It's called the Treasury of Daily Prayer. And in the back of that uh, resource is a, um, uh, a bit on uh, confession and absolution. And there's a really good section in there on uh, the Ten Commandments, and it asks questions about your sins. And it gets into some really deep um, questions, because a lot of people go, okay, well, the Fifth Commandment, thou shalt not murder. I've never murdered anybody, right? But then it goes in and it says, well, have you ever been angry at anybody? You know, and it, and it goes, rolls through these questions. And so it really gets to the heart of sin. And so I think that's another way to prepare, too, for the Lord's Supper, is to kind of read through those questions and really examine yourself before you go. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. That reminds me, I mean, with the Pharisees, they were so focused on the actions of, or so focused on the actions that they were not murdering, that they were not lying, but they didn't really care about the heart. And so then Jesus, when he's preaching Sermon on the Mount, like he's having us see this goes way deeper than you realize, right? Um, It goes to the attitude of the heart. Um, And so, yeah, like you said, there can be good. That would be a great resource to look into questions that aren't focusing. Sure, you haven't murdered, but have you been angry with someone? Have you hated someone? Have you, you know... Yeah. Numerous examples. Exactly. You know, I think there's a common refrain out there. It says something like, um, you know, um, uh, hate the sinner, or I'm sorry, hate the sin, love the sinner. But it's actually a lot more than that, because it's not just the sin, right? Not the actual action that is the sin. It's it's the thought. It's the desire to do it. And like you brought up in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about this, you know? You know, I'd say to you, if anyone has ever looked at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery, right? So it's not even the act of adultery. It's yeah. the thought. It's the desire to do it. And so, yeah. 
And so, um, yeah, so it goes far beyond just the action. Yeah, and I think that just, I mean, especially on this Good Friday, it just really shows our need for a Savior. Exactly. That even our own desires are just full of sin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed today's sermon or want to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Or if you'd prefer to text a question, please text the phone number found in the show notes. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye.